0: of it and we we feel we can feel ill-equipped and so the question came to me what if what if all we had was the Christmas story what if the only thing we knew about Jesus and about about God in heaven was this account of Christmas and as I kind of rabbit trailed kind of Stared off into the distance at my desk, I, I, that's usually what happens. Um, I, I hate to think what people think of think I, I do if they you know, people come into my office throughout the week. And I feel like, like half of the time, it probably looks like I'm, I'm, I'm just sloughing off. Because typically when I'm, in, when I'm in thought or meditation or whatever, I, I have, my, my position is, is not one of intensity. It, it really just, it, it's one where I'm just kind of staring at the corner of the room, just kind of like off in la-la land. And so that happens, that happens a lot. And that, that happened when I was, uh, you know, as I was looking, thinking this, this thought through. If all we had was the Christmas story. And one thing I realized as I began to ponder this was, we would know a lot. We would know a lot. It's amazing how much of who Jesus is and who God is shows itself from the very beginning of his time here on earth, just in the Christmas story. And the more time I spent studying Scripture in general, and the more time I kind of pursued this line of thought, the, 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 the this reality kind of set in, or I was reminded of just how much Scripture, how much um, the truth of God is a lot like an onion. It's got all of these layers, right? Peel an onion; it's layer after layer after layer after layer, and that just speaks to the to the richness of Scripture. There's so much there, and you can literally spend a lifetime. Lily and I were talking about this before service. Uh, um, how you can spend a lifetime just on one small section of Scripture and never exhaust all of the truth that's in it. So many layers, but those layers—it's all onion. The first layer to the middle of it, if you bite it, it tastes the same because it's all onion. This is, the, this is the, the mystery. This is the majesty. This is the amazing thing about God's truth is that whether you're a child learning the outer layer or you're 67 years old and you've been pursuing the truths of God for your entire life, it's the same bite and they both make you cry. It's all onion. So today, I want us to look at what would we know if all we knew was Christmas. And I think you'll, you'll, you'll be surprised at how much of what we know, what we believe, our, our, our whole theology, we can, we can, our whole relationship is encapsulated in this, in this familiar story. We obviously won't have time to get to, to all of them. Um, but I'm just going to give you, quickly, I'm going to give you eight we give you eight things that we would know if all we had was the Christmas story. Let's pray, and then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the opportunity to come and remember and celebrate your coming. Jesus, as we, we, we look at the, your story, would you, would you encourage us this morning? God, we, we ask that you would speak to us individually. That we would, we would hear your voice in your direction for, for our lives this morning. That we would leave with a deeper appreciation for your coming than when we, we came this morning. Amen. Amen. So what would we know? Well, first one. Number one, we would know that Jesus' coming was good news and not bad. Pretty, pretty selfish. How would we know that? Well, the angels told us. <laughs> they, they just, black and white, they, they told us. Luke 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10 says, But the angels reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. So we would know right off the bat that God's interaction with, with humankind, with you and with me, is a good thing. Now, that sounds obvious, but you also have you have to remember that in the context of the of the the pantheon of, of religion at the time this was revolutionary the 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 understanding of who gods were and how gods acted at that moment in in history what was anything but good news Whether it be the the, the Egyptians' ideas of spirituality or or the Roman gods um, or any of the the, the, kind of Celtic uh, groups, you name it. All of them, they they had a deep fear of of gods and they, they spent a lot of time trying to appease them, but no one would say that they really liked the gods because no one really believed that the gods really liked them. At best, humanity, to the understand, spiritual understanding at that time was at, at best, uh, humanity was, was kind of the chessboard that the, that the spiritual beings, that they kind of worked out their issues with. And maybe you could, if you, if you played your cards just right, maybe you could fall into good favor with one and become useful for one. So this idea that there is a god in heaven who has come to earth and he has come and it is good for humanity was a revolutionary thought. We would know that Jesus coming was good news and not bad. Number 2. We would know that this this god is a god that controls both the natural and the supernatural. This is not a distant God. This is not a powerless God. This is a God that has control over both the physical, natural world that we live in and an unseen spiritual reality that we have no real clue about. We see this as he he announced Jesus' birth with the stars in the heavens. We see this as these angelic beings come to, to announce to individuals and kind of give them their marching orders and, and, and usher in this event. We see this in, in the virgin birth, in, in a human giving birth without having, without having gone the normal process of getting pregnant. These are things that that would tell us we would know if all we had was the Christmas story that this God that we're talking about this Jesus that we're looking into has a, a power over the natural and the supernatural. Number 3. We would know that Jesus is God coming to humanity. We would get a sense of even his mission in this story. Matthew 1, uh, chapter 1, starting in 23, says, Look, the virgin, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which mean, means God with us. It's right there in his name. God is coming to earth. What a What a peculiar idea what a what a revolutionary thought that that god would embody humanity and walk among us to be with us i still don't under i still don't understand this this concept you know it's funny. We we there's so much uh, prophecy in in scripture, and there's so much we we we've done. Uh, we spent so much time understanding kind of God's plan that I think sometimes we forget that that it was His plan. That we get this idea that that these prophecy, you know, like like Jesus, like God was following this this predetermined playbook. Of things that 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 had to happen, and we almost we almost forget who wrote the playbook, and so it's we kind of get this idea that well, of course God can't you know well Jesus had to come in, in, in humanity. Well, why? Why did he have to come in humanity? He had to come in humanity because that's what God chose to do. <laughs> God is God. He can do whatever he wants. And it's it's such a mystery to me that he chose this method. He chose this pathway. The most personal. The most sacrificial on his part. This is how he chose to come to experience all of it. He didn't he didn't he didn't choose to parachute in or wash up on a shore fully grown or I don't know, just appear out of the mist. He, he, he chose to go through the process of humanity, and it's amazing. Number five, we would know that God's, plan, God's plans include common folk. We see this specifically in, that the, in the fact that the shepherds were invited to participate that God saw it important enough to have shepherds at his birth shepherds the 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 lonely kind of you know they were part of the community but you know eh, they they're just they were kind of seen as the they were the the, the sketchy folks on the kind of the, the outskirts like you, you, Let's put it this way: No family was really happy when their if their daughter came home and said, "Hey, mom, dad, I met a guy," and they say, "Oh, oivay, what did he do? What's he do for a living?" You know, he's a shepherd. That was not a good answer, right? This was this was <laughs> this was that kind of kind of career choice. But yet, God saw fit. God saw it important to have them as a part of His Christmas story. Why? Because God's plan includes quote common people. And if the shepherds were part of God's great plan, then maybe there's room for for me and for you. Or for anybody that sees themselves as common. The, the the Christmas story tells us, shows us that we don't we don't have to be special to be involved. And he, I, the Christmas story takes it even, even another step. If we, if we uh, move on to number six, we would know that he values and he has plans for even the overlooked, the marginalized, and even the undesirables. One of the most important parts of the, the Christmas story but it's the part that we avoid like like the plague is is Matthew chapter 1 which is the, the genealogy of Jesus right That's, we we run from genealogies they they are they're brutal to read if you're just doing your devotional reading no 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 one ever no one ever had had a moment of oh Jesus just reading the bagats right uh, oh yeah it's t- But we see, we see in his genealogy this this inclusion, this desire to have a plan for people that none of us would ever in a million years have had had roped into our plan had it been ours. We see people like like Tamar and Rahab, who were, well, first off, they were were females, they were women, um, which typically just didn't get included at that time in in genealogies it was always it was always that you tracked the 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 man's line um, it was the, it was always the the fathers of everybody that you tracked and so the fact that the fact that the Holy Spirit inspired Matthew to include these these women is significant it says that God has a has a value for people that other people overlook and not only are, are, are they, they they women, but these are these are women that, that again wouldn't be wouldn't be in your top list of you know talk about skeletons in the closet. These are the skeletons and if you if you wanted to, to you know Jesus is king. But if he was if he was running for president these are the people that his opponents would be desperately looking to find, right? Because that's what they do. They, you know, you, you run for office and then the opponent goes and tries to dig up dirt. These are the dirt. These are the dirt. The Tamar was, was involved in, 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 in murder and, and there was sexual victimization and all these, all these things. Rahab was, was a foreigner. She wasn't even, uh, she wasn't even Jewish, and she was a prostitute. And then we, have, then we have King David. Also in the line. Great King David. Murderer, adulterer David. Possibly bipolar David. But Jesus chooses... To include these in his genealogy because he's saying to us that he has a plan for all of us. Even if that plan is just using the worst part of your life to show how loving and gracious he is. See, even, even our even our dirt, even our, our skeletons placed in God's plan can become a, a launching pad for his glory. We would know that He values all of us. Number seven, we would know that God is a God who protects and provides and does it in creative fashion. I, I love this 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 thought. You know, when, when uh, in the Christmas story, when Herod was decided that he he you know he heard from the Magi and he he got it in his head that uh, he. He believed them and wanted wanted to make sure that, that his throne was safe, and so he remember he issues the edict and he's gonna gonna have all the all the babies killed, and so the Lord alerts Joseph and tells him to flee to Egypt. Right? Remember this part of the story? Um, but here's the here's the crazy thing: Joseph is just Joseph is just a, a young carpenter right with with family support how would how would he how would he possibly have the resources to get to Egypt and to live in a foreign land without any family or 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 covering or business or any of that stuff how could he possibly survive it would take it would take a chest of riches deposited on his lap for him to finance such a thing like Some really rich people from the east would have to like show up with chests full of like gold and frankincense and myrrh. That happened. (laughs) Do we get that? That God provided for Joseph and for Mary's escape before they even knew they were in danger. See, the, the, the gifts and the wise men, that, that it's more than just a unique part of the story. There was a function to it. They provided the financial resources that, that they were going to need to go to Egypt and to live in Egypt for, for an extended period of time. God is a God who protects and provides, and he does it in creative ways. We can learn and we can apply that to our own lives. God sees us. God wants to protect us and he wants to provide for us. That's what's in his heart. And finally, number eight, told you it would be quick. We would know that Jesus was coming to save us from our sins. Matthew 1: 121 says, "Angels talking, He said, "And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for He will save his people from their sins." We see, even in the, the simple origin story of Jesus, we see His path and His purpose and his destiny is all there. The, the totality of the gospel we find in this simple story. We see his character and his compassion and his love on display from the beginning. See, Jesus, the Lord, is a, God is a master storyteller. And any good storyteller or any good presenter knows, knows the, the, the formula for, for public speaking. You tell them what you're going to tell them, you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them. If you've been in any public speaking class you've heard some version of that why because repeti- cuz we, we don't pay attention very well and we're forgetful i mean we we repetition is the the motor of learning we need to hear things over and over again and and this these are the things that even from the beginning god wants to get into our hearts and our minds and so it's all there this morning and so my, my question for you before we, we close our time together is, what do you need to know about Jesus this morning from the Christmas story? Well, you can come on up. We're going to close in just a, just a minute. I have two, two questions. And, and the first one I, I want to kind of just ask about yourself. What, whatever it is that you need, you can find the answer in the story of Christmas not just in the the, the recorded account, but in the reality of his presence. In the fact that Jesus didn't just come then, he's here now. He has come to be with you and with me. He's come to protect and provide. He's come to to lead you, to, to, to guide you. He's come to encourage you with good news of great joy. Who needs good news this morning? He's come to save you from your sins. He came to literally interrupt heaven and earth to be in your life. That's the Christmas story. And so I just want to I want to pray for you this morning and give you a moment to, to, to just connect with Jesus to thank him for all of the things that he wants us to know. To give you a moment to to ask to receive those things from him. So Jesus, we just take a moment right now. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak to our hearts, God. God, whatever it is that that each of us need to know from you this morning, would you you say it? Would we be able to, to hear it? God, would we know that you are a protector and a provider this morning? Holy Spirit, would you help us receive your forgiveness as we ask for it, God? God, would we know your joy and your encouragement in this season? Jesus we we just take this moment and thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for thank you for Christmas. Thank you for the Christmas story. Thank you that it's not just a story that it's true that you did every everything that we've read about that we've thought about this morning. God we thank you. In Jesus name. Amen amen now I have one more thing I said I had two questions (laughs) Uh, one more thing before we go you know Christmas the story of Christmas if it's about anything it's about giving it's about giving away what's been given to us we give saw it in the, the kids video even they get it right we give presents because of what's been given to us. And so I wanted to, I wanted to end our time this morning a, a little different. This may, maybe is a little weird for a Christmas Sunday or whatever, but whatever. Um, is there somebody in your life that needs to know something we were talking about this morning? Who in your circle right now needs to know that they have a God that protects and provides for them? Which one of your friends needs to know that the Christmas story is true and that it's good news? Who are you in relationship with that that needs to know that Jesus has come to save them from their sins? Ask those questions, and this is what I want us to do. If you will indulge me. I want us to, if you would, just get in small groups. It can be the group you came with, you know, if you want to. Covid cluster up? That's cool. Just stay in your family. Um, if, if you want to find another another friend or or, or an, another family, to, to, to we got plenty of room. You can spread out. And I don't want you to just not huge groups, you know, because they will take. We'll be here all day, but small small groups for four, four four or five people, and together, would you as a group pray for the whoever the Lord popped in your mind, whoever came to your mind, let's, can we give away the gift of intercession this morning? We've received this truth and those people probably maybe aren't in the room with us today, but we can, we can take them before the room that God is in, in his holy throne, if we will intercede for them. And so this is how I want to end our, our Christmas time this morning is just giving away the, the little bit of God's presence that we've enjoyed this morning, will we give it back to God as we ask him to intercede, ask him to move on behalf of the people in our lives? Can we do that this morning? It's early. It's only 1134. I, I, I ended in enough time. <laughs> Your reservation is still fine. Don't worry. All right. All right. So let's, if you would just stand and uh, I'm going to say one, two, three, go. And then we're going to one, two, three, go. There's really no elegant way to do this. One, two, three, go. Let's pray. If you're in a group and you see somebody just lingering, looking for a group, please pull them in. Invite them to to be join you.